Oh, my God. 
the end it's been a good life but it's the end where is my son Simo that came to see me from California hello papa goodbye Simo Simo my son it's the end Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. 
Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> oh, is that great or what? Is that great or what? Our Adar comedy segments on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at J.M. in the A.M. Before that, you heard Diaspora with Shabbat Shalom. Lechad Odi, one done by Baruch Abitan, one done by Ben-Zion Solomon. You heard Lechad Odi from Zevi Kaufman. And a combination of Lechad Odi, Shirulo, and Ozva Hadar done by Soul Farm. Before that, of course, Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this February 21st, day 21 in the month of Adar 1, the year 5774. Tuf Shanayin Dalit, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel, with candle lighting time at four at 548. Does that make sense? No, that can't be. That can't be. One second. I probably took the time Shabbos ends or some combination of both. What did I do here? Uh... Shabbos candlelighting time, we are calling officially for 518. There we go. I think that's supposed to be a 1, and it looks like a 4. 518 is official candlelighting time on this era of Shabbos. Chai. Chai after 5. 518, your official candlelighting time here in the uh, New Jersey, New York area for this uh, era of Shabbos. 37 degrees, 100% humidity, winds in northeast at 4 miles per hour. Afternoon thunderstorms with a high temperature of 52 then tonight, partly cloudy, low 32, 32. Uh, tomorrow, mostly sunny. Looks like a really nice Shabbos in this area. Uh, we'll have a mostly sunny weather with a high temperature of 53 degrees. All right. Yerushalayim is at 79 as they're getting ready for a wonderful Shabbos. We're at 37 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Coming up one hour from now, Malcolm Honline is live in Israel. Uh, our weekly update, the final one before our big fundraiser on Monday, is going to be happening starting at 7.40 this morning, Eastern Time on the stream, jmtheam.org. Malcolm Honline will be live from Israel. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up at 8.15 with the Torah portion of the week. We wrap up our week at uh, 9 o'clock, and then an amazing day on our stream at jmtheam.org, as every Friday is. And, of course, great weekend programming, including Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night and JM Sunday with Matis coming up at 7 a.m. On Sunday morning. Then Monday, we get started on Fundraising Marathon 2014. That's right. You can go right now to the web at jmtheam.org. Click on the link in the top news story and help us already, believe it or not, already get off to a glorious start 
in our fundraising marathon. It officially begins on Monday when we open up our phones and remind everybody why it's so important to support JM and the AM and WFMU. So get ready and please tell all your friends and relatives and everybody you know over the weekend that it's a, a very important uh, two weeks that's coming up for us as the flagship radio show of the Jewish world, in our opinion, uh, asks everybody to support us for yet another year. It's JM in the AM at 18 minutes before 7 o'clock with Raza de Shabbos. Malá 
J.M. and the A.M., that is an amazing piece. Uh, Muggy and Ovo is done by Shalshelis off of the Rosa de Shabbos uh, collection here at J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Golly, it's all in the background as we will get set to do our news from Israel coming up. A reminder, we have amazing weekend programming all through our stream at jmtheam.org. And I see that Matis has an amazing JM Sunday coming up. Really an amazing JM Sunday. He's going to be speaking with the rabbi from Chabad in Sochi, Russia, discussing what life's been like during the Olympics and the year-round events and programs in Sochi run by Chabad. And the rabbi, according to Matis, is a longtime JM the AM listener, which makes it even extra special for us. So make sure to be tuned in 48 hours from now when Matis kicks off JM Sunday on our stream at jmtheam.org. Speaks with the Chabad rabbi in Sochi, Russia, and uh, should be an amazing program uh, here on our stream at jmtheam.org. Candle lighting at 518 on this era of Shabbos Parshas Vayakel. If you have not yet contributed to JM and the AM Fundraising Marathon 2014, we ask that you do so by going to the link at the very top of the news section of jmtheam.org. And we thank you. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. Boker Toe from jmtheam. גלייצל השעה שתיים, שלום רב כאן, ערן אליקים ממה שקורה עכשיו. מסתמן הממשל באוקראינה קיבל את דרישות המפגינים בדרך להסכם. כתבתנו נעמה ארטשיק. הנשיא ינוקוביץ' הודיע באתר שלו כי במסגרת ההסכם יערכו בחירות חדשות לנשיאות. ההסכם המתגבש בקייב צפוי לענות על מרבית בקשות האופוזיציה העיקריות, וכולל בין היתר חזרה לחוקה האוקראינית המקורית, וגיבוש של ממשלת אחדות. אם אכן יחתם, ההסכם צפוי לסיים את המשבר שפרט שם לפני ארבעה חודשים בדיוק, והביא למותם של עשרות בני אדם. שישה עצורים במומות בהר הבית בשעה האחרונה, כתבנו יותם ברגר. בתום תפילות יום השישי בהר החלו כמה עשרות צעירים ליידות אבנים אל עבר כוחות הביטחון. שוטרים עלו על רחבת ההר, פיזרו את המיידים ועצרו שישה מהם. כעת שקט במקום מולם כוחות משטרה מתוגברים ממתינים בכניסה להר מגשר המורכבים. שלושה נערים נעצרו בחשד שהשליכו אמש אבנים על אוטובוס סמוך לכפר מכר. איש לא נפגע, אך נזק נגרם לשמשה, כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שהם נעצרו בפעילות משותפת של משטרת עכו ויחידת משמר הגבול. מפכ"ל המשטרה הרב ניצב יוחנן דנינו מוחה כנגד הביקורת שנשמעת בימים האחרונים על המשטרה, בין היתר עקב פרשיות השחיתות והקושי לבלום את הפשיעה המאורגנת. כאשר משתלחים במשטרה, מחלישים את הארגון, ומי שמרוויחים אלה העבריינים והטרוריסטים. המאבק בפשיעה החמורה והמאורגנת הוא בלתי נגמר. אני רוצה לגלות לכם סוד, אין אף משטרה בעולם שהצליחה לעצור אותו לחלוטין. אבל... לא נפסיק במאמצים להילחם בתופעה. מי שצריך לפחד אלו חברי ארגוני הפשיעה הטרוריסטים, שחושבים שהם יכולים ללכת ולהניח מטען ולפוצץ רכב, ושום דבר לא יקרה. אז יש לי חדשות בשבילם. יקרה גם יקרה. המפכ"ל התייחס לראשונה גם לאפשרות שחרורו של חגי פליסיאן, הנאשם ברציחתם של ניר כץ וליז טרובישי בבר נוער, בעקבות הסדקים שנתגלו באמינותו של עד המדינה. דנינו הבהיר, המשטרה תעשה כל מאמץ כדי להגיע לחקר האמת. תפקידנו לברר את הספק ולוודא שלא יועמדו לדין אנשים חפים מפשע. 
במסחר במטבע חוץ, הדולר ירד היום בשתי עשיריות האחוז, שערו היציב קיבל שלושה שקלים וחמישים ואחת אגורות, האירו נחלש גם כן בשתי עשיריות לארבעה שקלים ושמונים ואחת אגורות. מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע, עלייה נוספת בטמפרטורות, יהיה חם ויבש מהרגיל העונה ברוב האזורים, מחר לקראת הצהריים יחדור אוויר קריר ולך יותר, הרוחות יתחזקו וייתכן אובך, משעות הערב ייתכן טפטוף עד גשם קל. אלה החדשות שערך היום עידו דוד כהן, בצוות נטע קינד ואבי כהן.
In the AM, the great Cantor Yitzchak Mayer Helfgott with uh, the great uh, violinist and the maestro Yitzchak Perlman here at JM in the AM. That's called Yismechu. Before that, you heard the um, Nigun off of Eitan Katz's Shuvu CD. Shwebel Shar from Levine had Heiliger Shabbos and Yosef Wartelski and company off of the Rosa de Shabbos album with Mayain Olam Haba. Friday morning, it's JM in the AM on this February 21st, day 21. <coughs> Day 21 in the month of Adar 1, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel with candle lighting at 518 on this Erev Shabbos. 518 official candle lighting time 
as we get set for a what looks like is going to be a really nice Shabbos once this rain moves out of the area. 37 degrees, afternoon thunderstorms, and a high temperature of 52. Partly cloudy tonight, low 32, and tomorrow mostly sunny with a high temperature 53 degrees. Yerushalayim's at 79. We're at 37 here in Jersey City. Looking like a nice Shabbos day tomorrow, thank goodness. Uh, Rabbi Yudin coming up at 8.15. We have our... Uh, we have our um, a weekly update with Malcolm Honline in Israel coming up just minutes from now, about 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM. A couple of reminders about things that are going on in the next few days. Yad Bat Yalakala has their benefit auction coming up February the 25th at the Agudas Base Binyamin on Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. Charlie Harari is going to be speaking. The auction starts at 7.30. Information at yadbatya.org. That's yadbatya.org. Our friends at Camp Missouri are getting ready for, ready for their winter reunion this coming Sunday at the Connecticut Sports Center with buses leaving from Paramus and Lawrence. Uh, questions or um, information regarding Sunday's reunion, go to campmissora.com for information, campmissora.com. The uh, pre-perm celebration on Saturday night is Avremo, Prus, Lipa, the New York Boys Choir, and the Zmiros Choir, plus Nachas, all together in an amazing lineup this coming Sunday night at 7.30 at Queens College, brought to you by the National Council of Young Israel and the Queens Jewish Community Council. Information at uh, area code 718-544-9033, 718-544-9033, or jewishtickets.com has the information as well. Oneg Shemesh sings for Kulanu on Sunday night out in Cedarhurst. That begins at 7 p.m. Information on his website, onegshemesh.com, onegshemesh.com for information. The big Marasha event is tomorrow night, Saturday night, Marasha at 50, a journey through song with A.B. Rottenberg and Baruch Levine and Eitan Katz and Benny Friedman and Edan, all together with surprise Marasha alumni guest stars uh, at the Purchase College Theater up in Westchester. If you don't have your tickets yet, Go to MarashaConcert.com, MarashaConcert.com. That gala dessert reception will follow the event tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun. Look forward to seeing a lot of great people there from the last 50 years. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Unbelievable. And um, we got a note from uh, Rifki Moskowitz. Um, it is that time of year again when people start thinking about spring cleaning, Pesach cleaning, getting their house in order especially after this uh, winter where things got a little bit into disarray in, in a lot of homes. Um, so uh, if we could uh, remind everybody to uh, announce the Mothers of Multiples Baby Equipment Gamach. The Mothers of Multiples Baby Equipment Gamach. If you have used baby equipment in good condition, like high chairs, cribs, strollers, stuff that's not used anymore, here's a chance to give them to Mothers of Multiples on an as-need basis. Speak with Rifke at area code 718 718- Two five three six two three four seven one eight two five three six two three four. It's JM and the AM. Matis is going to join us. As I mentioned, he has an amazing show coming up Sunday on JM Sunday. I also remind you that we have a program tomorrow night called Saturday Night Seagull beginning at 10 o'clock with Avrami. Naomi Nachman has an amazing show today coming up right after JM and the AM. I'm going to give you those details in just a few minutes here at JM and the AM. And, of course, our music mix continues all day long. A big thank you to our friends at Kedem. Uh, it goes all day long on our stream at jmandtheam.org, uh, starting at 10 a.m. all the way until midnight. Until midnight. From 10 a.m. all the way until candle lighting. <laughs> there may be some areas of the world that have uh, midnight candle lighting. I don't know. Uh, so that goes all the way 
until candle lighting time. So you can check that out. And, um, and really, it's the best way to go into Shabbos with incredible and amazing music. Don't forget our fundraising marathon 2014. Yeah, this time we're going to do the 2014 one. The fundraising marathon 2014 starts this coming Monday at 6 a.m., but for us, it's already begun. You can go to the uh, web right now at jmandtheam.org. In the top news story, there's a link to uh, pledge to JM and the AM. We would love for you to get us off to a glorious start by uh, pledging right now. Go to jmandtheam.org. Click on the link in the top news item, and you'll be able to uh, choose the gifts you want and pledge support to JM and the AM for another year. We want to make this the most successful fundraiser ever. Now that we start the next 30 years, Help us do so. And tune in on Monday and tell everybody to tune in for all the fun and all the great programming during Marathon Week here at JM and the AM, including our State of the Station address. Ken Friedman will do that with us coming up on Monday in the 8 o'clock hour right here at JM in the AM.
Louie, I just heard. How terrible. 27 years. You and Sam were partners. Partners? Brothers. And after all that time, you split. What happened? No choice. There was no way out. It was kismet. <laughs> Tell me something. Would you stay partners with a man who stole from petty cash? Took postage stamps home for poison or mail? Gambled corporation funds at the racetrack? And to top it off, took cash from the company safe? Would you want a partnership with such a man? Never. Well, neither did he. J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> with our Adar comedy segments here. Uh, Matis Weingass is with us live via telephone. Matis does J.M. Sunday every Sunday morning, now in its second glorious season. You'll catch it on the web starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday at J.M. in the A.M. Dot org. Matis Weingast, welcome back to. J- oh, sorry about that. Where am I here? Matis Weingast, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, good Arab Shabbos. Good Arab Shabbos to you, sir. So the rabbi, the Chabad rabbi of Sochi, Russia, agreed to be on JM Sunday this coming Sunday. Yes, he did, Rabbi Ari Edelkop. That's pretty amazing. He's been there for about twelve years now, and uh, he uh, he mentors the three thousand. Uh, person Jewish population in Sochi, but uh, certainly it expanded this week. I can only imagine. Uh, Did you have a chance to speak to him during the week, or he was too busy? Yeah, I did have a chance. We had a great conversation. He is a big JM and the AM listener. He listens to the network when he can, and when he was in New York studying many years ago, he was constantly listening to the show. He said he grew up on you. Amazing. Um, So uh, what was, I mean, I don't want to, you know, this conversation, by the way, has not been pre-recorded. Matis will speak to him live from Sochi, Russia on Sunday, but obviously you're privy to certain things because you've spoken to him already in setting things up. Is there one, I don't know, highlight, tidbit, really crazy piece of information that you could tell us that would be... uh, you know, in advance of Sunday's conversation that really caught you in terms of the type of work that he's doing and the type of place on this globe where he is? Uh, actually, not yet. We <laughs> did speak about the fact that there are a number of interesting uh, tidbits and stories that he'll share with us. Uh, but uh, just that he has, he and the others, uh, he had a number of people come in to help out, a number of emissaries from Israel and other places, uh, that they've been helping thousands wow. of people. A Jewish and non-Jewish, you know, people are just coming in for different things, and uh, he's there for the people, and that's the that's the best part of it. He said, "Amazing, he had to actually bring in reinforcements, huh?" Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> including including his brother, who is there for uh, for Shabbos. His brother apparently is well known in the uh, uh, in the community uh, in, on Long Island. He is a uh, he works at Gourmet Glock. Oh, is that fun? Uh, and he is the uh, he's in charge of the um, meat. Uh, and poultry section in Gourmet Glock. Oh, is that funny? I'm sure we've met him a million times. Oh, is that funny? Rabbi Yona Edelkopf. There oh, you go. Here. We may be speaking with him on Sunday also. Yeah. I, we've met Rabbi Yona. I think he may have even been on the air with us once sure. uh, at one time. All right. Matis has JM Sunday on Sunday. The highlight this week, uh, there's always a lot of great highlights, news from Israel and a whole bunch of great material all through the uh, program. But this week, the rabbi in Sochi, Russia, We'll discuss uh, what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. Should be very, very interesting. And Matis, we'll see you on Monday, Bezrat Hashem. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. What is it, year number 31? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Incredible. We'll have a chance to reminisce a bit. Early Monday morning. Tune in, everybody, as Marathon uh, Fundraising Marathon 2014 kicks off on Monday. And uh, join us uh, from around the world at jmandtheam.org. 
perhaps by then I'll figure out where candle lighting is at midnight. <laughs> yeah, this time of year that might be a tough one, huh? It is. It is during the summertime. During the um, during the summertime, definitely in Alaska. Uh, well, you know, I had to cover my tracks a bit on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Matis. J.M. Sunday with Matis on Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. The Chabad Rabbi of Sochi, Russia, is going to be joining him. And, uh, of course, he'll join us Monday as we kick off our fundraising marathon. Help us out and be as generous as possible, everybody. We'll talk to you more about that this coming Monday. All right. Um, Malcolm Holine is in Israel. He'll join us coming up with a weekly update at J.M. in the A.M.
J.M. in the A.M., Leviathan, Boy Vishalom, one of our favorites on an Arab Shabbos here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this February 21st, the 21st of Adar 1. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel with candlelighting time at 5.18 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.18 is your candlelighting time. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our live stream to their readers. If you want an amazing array of news and analysis, etc., they do put together an incredible assortment of uh, articles on a daily basis. Go to JewishWorldReview.com for all that Information reminder, this coming uh, Monday is uh, Fundraising Marathon 2014. It starts uh, two weeks' worth, two weeks' worth of uh, reaching out to our community and reminding everybody why it's so important to support the JM and the AM radio program and radio station WFMU. Our state of the station address will be delivered by um, uh, Ken Friedman this coming Monday in the 8 o'clock hour. Make sure to be tuned in for that. We'll find out all the different things that are going on here at the radio station, and uh, all the plans in terms of uh, in terms of the future of uh, WFMU and all the uh, collection of radio stations up in the Catskills in Rockland County that we've been able to add to our uh, resume over the last uh, many, many years. Uh, so be tuned in for that. State of the Station, the 8 o'clock hour coming up uh, Monday morning at JMNAM. If you haven't yet supported us during Fundraising Marathon 2014, you can get us off to a glorious start by heading to the web. Go to jmnam.org in the top news story. You will see the uh, information, the link that takes you to the JMNAM pledge page, and then you can pledge your support to us and to get us off to an amazing start this coming Monday morning at 6 a.m. right here at JM in the a.m. Malcolm Honline is in Israel, and that's always extra special for us. Uh, not only do we get the opportunity to uh, speak to him while he's in the Holy Land, but uh, no doubt he has had many high-level meetings that he can uh, brief us about and has been even closer to the news stories that we care very much about. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Nachum. Good to be with you. Tell me about Israel. How are things in the Holy Land? Well, <clears throat> the weather is beautiful, sunny, warm, uh, really glorious. The politics here are warm, not so sunny. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and uh, But the prospects, I think are, in fact, for a great forecast. That is what always makes you unique. I can tell you that much. Thank God you think the prospects are for a positive forecast. The Conference of Presidents, and we'll recall and just remind our listeners that you were in Italy uh, last Friday and obviously last Shabbos with the group. Now uh, you're in Jerusalem in Israel. Uh, you've had an opportunity, I would assume, to hear from uh, different uh, public officials in Israel Members of government, can you give us a couple of highlights in the conference trip in Israel itself? We were in Spain, Italy, we were in I, a few years ago. Sorry about that, I meant Spain, sorry about that. <laughs> but they all like it. And, uh, That's a joke, folks. And now everybody who's going to be applying for citizenship is going to find out exactly where Spain is. That's true. And, the, uh, and how you get there. So... Um, the people we met with this week, 
Israel Salman believe what we met with the Prime Minister, the President, the Foreign Minister, the Defense Minister, the Minister of Justice, the Minister of Economics, Jerusalem, and all sorts of other things that then it is. And then, I'm sorry, I have a cold, so... Yeah, normally, normally we wouldn't point it out, but it's becoming very obvious. Let's just let our listeners know to pay careful attention uh, a little yeah, more... I'll, I'll, I'll keep watering it down. There you go. And try to keep uh, up with it. Uh, we met with uh, General Gantz, the, chair, the head of the chief of staff of the IDF, the head of the command in the north, who talked about Syria and Lebanon, wow. and... Um, the Director General of the Ministry of Defense who gave us three brilliant briefings. And we looked into the issue of the illegal immigrants, which is a very complex and difficult issue. We visited Rawabi, which is a new Palestinian city that will ultimately have more, I think they said, than 100,000 residents. And it's a state-of-the-art modern being built by private funds, uh, led by uh, this one uh, Mr. Masseri, who... You know, very honest and very straightforward about the problems he encounters and what he has to do. Then uh, we went to the foreign ministry where we met with the foreign minister, deputy foreign minister, and had briefings on various subjects. We had a dinner in the Knesset where we had a panel of the Knesset members and Duty Fisher sang. It was very moving uh, and reception there. Uh, so we had a very full week that even included um, yesterday a panel that a man named Yossi Vardy, who's sort of the progenitor of Stone Nations, uh, put together as he does every year. But this year he had Haredi women and men who are doing leading high-tech companies. He had uh, Arabs, he had others, uh, young and old, telling their absolutely remarkable stories that are never, that never get to see the light of day when people talk about Israel. Uh, pretty amazing, and what an incredible lineup. Malcolm, on the illegal immigrant issue, who are the leaders on the two sides of the issue? Are there, are there any uh, particular people in Israel who are, I don't know, either getting all the publicity or leading the effort on one side or the other? Anybody who's become very outspoken and really has been looked to in terms of leadership politically on this issue? That's a good question. There are some lawyers and others who have been an activists um, on both sides. And uh, I can't say that there's a single individual I can point to. We had a panel of the people discussing what are the demands, what are the difficulties, and how you go about addressing it. And believe me, it's very complicated uh, to try and find a solution. Right, and but, no, and no member of Knesset themselves has really become, uh, I don't know, the the poster child for the cause. Or am I wrong? Has some... not one. Right, but many members of Knesset have been involved. In, advocacy for it. So, you know, it becomes a moral issue. It's, it's got all sorts of implications, but it's also a security issue. It's a question of the future of the state. How can you absorb right. the state to, you know, thousands of people? Yeah, talk about an issue that goes across every type of analysis, from political to, uh, uh, to even to halachic. And, and, of course, the future, as you mentioned, it's really such a sensitive issue. And you mentioned Syria and the briefing that was given in terms of up north. And uh, I'm sure there was concern, obviously, as there always is when you get a briefing about Syria in terms of the border with Syria. But what about specifically about what's happening in Syria right now? Was was that considered a danger to the state of Israel about what's happening internally in Syria? Many people actually spoke about it and from different aspects because we had different panels of, of experts, government, non-governmental, 
uh, who address the different issues. And uh, I think most of them do not see a positive outcome right now. They don't see the talks leading anywhere. They think Assad remains, by and large, uh, but the situation itself in the country continues to deteriorate, and you have all of the different uh, elements, like the Kurds and the Alawites, uh, seeking perhaps to, to create their own entities within Syria. So no one gave a very optimistic view about what the future could be. Maybe it's optimistic to say just stop the killing and leave everything as it is. But uh, we saw that the number of people killed is, is continuing to escalate very rapidly. Yeah, and the United Nations, uh, I mean, what is their role right now? I know they're looking for a, a Security Council resolution on Syrian aid. I assume that would aid the rebels. Am I right about that? Right. right. And, and Well, I, I don't know that the U.N. really plays positive role anywhere, and they're looking to do something. They could have done it all along and been uh, on top of the situation. And now it's coming after what, 150,000, 160,000, 170,000 dead. And, you know, the security situation is deteriorating along Israel's borders and internally, along Jordan's border. We see attempts to to um, bring terrorist groups, you know, into those areas. Obviously, Israel is very alert to it, and so are the others. Uh, but we don't see too many attempts to, to infiltrate, except for people who want to escape and want to go to Israel for medical treatment or for their own selves. Right, that's about it. Um, and you mentioned also in terms of the briefings and different people you met during the conference visit, so you mentioned uh, high-tech, startup nation, etc. So uh, we, we see yet another... I, am, am I right that the Viber company was in fact sold and that that is an Israeli company? Is that... Yes. It was. And so, so we see yet another... A uh, major purchase in the high-tech world out of Israel, and any suspicion, any reason, sitting there and listening to a briefing like that, any reason to think that this is going to slow down at all? Is Israel just going, you know, full forged ahead when it comes to high-tech? Even more, more startups every year. They have these incubators where people can go with limited amounts of money and have, and their ideas and can start developing them. I think that it will certainly escalate and continue. Um, the, the range of things that we saw from different people and the kind of creativity that's going on and the education of young people in creative new ways is, is truly remarkable. I hope we can import some of them here. The, uh, so Israel, I think, is going to continue to be uh, the, the main, up in the front line of those creating new companies and hopefully having them bought but the, the work remain in Israel so people are employed. Right. Uh, it's, it's a big issue, you know, when everybody else wants your company and they buy it and then they take the headquarters and everything and move it to wherever they are. Right. It really is remarkable, the entire, I mean, the world is being changed from the state of, I mean, I know that other countries participate in this, but the role that Israel has in the changing world is just remarkable. Simple we, as that. We saw a device, we saw a device where you put on, uh, clip something to your glasses and you point your finger at, let's say, a page in a newspaper. This is for people who are near blind. And it reads you everything that your finger pointed at. Oh, my God. Pointed at a bus. You stand at a bus stop and you point at the bus. It tells you which bus is coming. It is a mind boggling device. Unbelievable. And I'm One sure thousands of these things that and, are going on. And I'm sure if people are listening to this conversation on you know on recording ten years from now, they'll say, Why were they so amazed by that? You know? Yeah, it was, 
Some people will be driving. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know the story in Israel of an American immigrant, an American visitor, was sitting in the street corner next to an Israeli, and the light started beeping. He said, well, what is that? He said, well, that's to alert blind people. So the light is changing. He said, gee, in America, we don't even let them drive. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Malcolm Holdline is live in Israel. So yesterday, I'm listening to the news, and finally, someone describes for me exactly what I need. And I need these one or two sentence synopses of political situations and upheaval because uh, that's the way it is these days. You know, you need it broken down into simple terms. And they took the situation in the Ukraine and essentially said it's the East versus the west of the Ukraine. The east wants to continue relations with Russia and have close ties to Russia. The western part of the Ukraine, uh, what we would call, I guess, the opposition at this point, because it's opposed to the president of the Ukraine, uh, they want to see much stronger relations and maybe exclusive relations only with countries in the west. Now, we're seeing incredible violence and a lot of stuff going on and a tough negotiation to see if a ceasefire can be reached. Is all of it for the reason I just mentioned? I think it's east-west, but it's not just east Ukraine versus west Ukraine. I think it's U.S. versus Russia and the west versus Russia. Uh, and Russia's attempts to, to expre- extend it to Germany back over countries like Ukraine. I think it's um, uh, economically uh, an internal issue, a conflict between that and have not and want to have. I think you, you, you have a lot of layers here, like in many of the other conflicts today, Obviously, the economic issue is the one out front, but it's not the totality of what's driving people and, and, and letting people be killed by 100, 150, 200 a day. It's, uh, it's the, and the toll keeps mounting. Uh, so this could this could drive to divide the country. It could lead to other kinds of long-term consequences. Uh, what's the resolution? I mean, I know that there is an effort right now to see if a ceasefire can be uh, can be uh, agreed to, um, but uh, you don't. You don't always you don't always see demonstrators and protesters as strong as it seems these are in the Ukraine. Am I right that there seems to be I don't know I don't know if there's an economic support for them or some type of military support. It seems that they're just uh, uh, it, it, they're putting up a really good fight. Well, the West is supporting them obviously, and you have different countries providing aid, different groups providing aid, um, and people it's not come prepared. I don't think this is a battle quite like Syria, but it is growing and very extensive. And if people really study it and you see what what uh, what is happening, you know that Russia is involved. We know that America and Europe are involved. And maybe everybody better pull out and let the parties resolve it mm-hmm. before we end up with a conflagration in the heart of Europe. I mean, it's it's the way you're describing it. It's essentially. Uh, the t- the type of battle that we got used to during the superpower era, right? I mean, it seems like... Yes, I think that's true. Mer- I think it's a, it's a different formulation. I think the weapons are more sophisticated and people are, uh, are driven more in terms of it's not ideological as much as it is their perception of the future and of what they want the country to be. And after going through the era of all the revolutions, so this takes on, you know, it builds on what they did and they don't want to lose it now. Right, boy, oh boy. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Uh, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Next week, it's our fundraising marathon. Everyone's encouraged to go to our website at jmnam.org. 
and support JM and the AM for yet another year. And if Malcolm is in the United States next week, we're going to try to encourage him to be here next Friday live and in person to participate with us and uh, give us his impressions on what's going on in this crazy world and why it's so important to support great Jewish radio. By the way, I want to mention you're in Israel, and we, you know, it's just as sad as the news is, there's so much beauty uh, when you think of the life of Rabbi Meir Schuster. Uh, we know he passed away this week. For those who don't know, he literally was at the Kotel Amaravi since 1968, encouraging people who we met from all around the world just to explore their tradition, their heritage, and invite them over. Uh, to say that he was one of the giants in the world of Kirov, of outreach, is an understatement. And I'm sure when you heard of his passing, you started thinking of the thousands of lives that he touched over the years. And anybody who came Friday night to the Kotel uh, certainly noticed him, noticed how sometimes you draggled or lost young people who were found and were given a place to eat and, and uh, the attention that I think they, they very much needed. Right. So his, his presence there was, his, was uh, great. Uh, I think he passed away a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. And the um, what's, uh, what we always say is that we, we like to, uh, I, I know this is obviously not good news, but we always like to remember, as you did when you said that the future looks bright, we always like to remember that there is some positive, a lot of positive, going on in Israel. You described the high tech, and obviously in this case we're talking about the spirituality and the incredible role that Israel plays in bringing people back uh, to their traditions. So I like to emphasize that, especially this time of year, as we remind everybody why it's uh, so important to focus on Israel each and every week during these segments. And um, everybody out there should just uh, remember him fondly and uh, and continue to think about the incredible work that is being done by people to uh, utilize uh, Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem to bring our people back to their heritage. It really is an, uh, an incredible effort. Um, th- by the way, did your tri- speaking of positive news, did your trip get a chance to do what you always do, see some of the archaeological digs and the findings that connect us to the history of our people in Israel? We did not uh, do a visit to this year. We have in the past to the new findings. In fact, they found a new city that was three and a half, or four and a half thousand years, three and a half thousand years old. From the Zman of the Second Base Hamikdash, Second Temple, um, there are amazing new discoveries everywhere in Israel, and we read about them in the paper. And it takes you know a long time until they're matured and enough to be reported. So this is an ongoing process. I just wanted to say something about what you said before. The you know what people say, the things in Israel are depressing. If they look at any newspaper, Nigeria, fifteen hundred buildings burned, scores and scores killed. You, you see a bombing in Pakistan, uh, 22 killed by a mortar in Iraq. Ukraine, 75 yesterday. Pakistan, a bomb kills 20. I mean, we see all the time all of these stories, let alone Ukraine and, and what's going on in Syria. And you re- realize that Israel is a corner of stability in the world today. And it's something that more and more countries, as we visit them, understand when we, when we raise this point. And I think the American people appreciated. I saw a poll that showed 72% favorable rating for Israel. That's up. That's up from 66. And, I mean, it's way ahead of almost everybody. And it's, it's an incredible statement about the American people being able to see through a lot of distortions and misrepresentations and why your show and what we do day-to-day to, to make sure the message gets out is so important. And, and all of these problems, they're not going to go away. These are not 
short-term promise when we met last week in Spain with the king and the president and all the other people. I mean, you hear it from the European perspective, and we talk about the thousands who are now inside Syria with European and American passports. Now, everybody's beginning to face up to it. And if you remember, we've been talking about it for, I don't know, a year, two years, yeah. warning that this is going to be a critical issue. All of a sudden, everybody's saying, oh, wait, wait, hey, we got a real problem developing here. And you could see big changes. We might see a big change in, in, in Kiev after the Olympics and that Russia will, will, will crack down. We may see a big spring offensive in Damascus. I mean, there are a lot of things that are in the offing that could take place in terms of, I mean, it will. But, you know, the world is in a state of flux, and there's so many issues. I mean, every area you touch, whether it's South America, whether it's Africa, whether it's our own country, with some of the problems that we confront, thank God we are also a source of, of uh, stability. Yeah, it's, why Israel and the United States have to be so close. It's funny you mention this, because yesterday I was discussing with one of my kids this, uh, you know, the, these reports that are coming out of North Korea, the torture chambers in North Korea, and the way that you know, right. the way that certain people who the government doesn't agree with are treated. And, you know, and we were just talking about, you know, these, these, and, and then we got to the subject of the United States, and, you know, but there's so many problems in the United States. I said, you know what? We have to sometimes remember that we live in a great country. A lot of us want to see it be an even better country. But, you know, when you discuss what's going on in the rest of the world, and you, by the way, you could give us an entire hour on, <laughs> on torture, not only in North Korea, but in Iran and a whole bunch of other places as well. Uh, did, you, did you threaten your Did you threaten your son that you're going to put him in if he doesn't? Be, oh no, you were just talking theoretically. Yeah, we didn't discuss any implementations. You, we were just, okay, that, that special room at the back of your apartment. No, we were just talking in theory. But he's kidding, folks. Don't worry. But it, it, but it, look, you, you, like you keep saying, people are going through life. They don't know what the next day is going to bring. Uh, there were there were reports in the Ukraine yesterday where they were interviewing people who happened to be uh, who spoke English and happened to be there on the front lines of them. They didn't know if they'd live for the next ten minutes with the way this crackdown was going. So we have to be very you thankful. Know, one of the issues that we've been talking about, uh, in line with what you've just said about the naivete and the way that people approach problems, we see that Iran and Britain renewed diplomatic relations. Right. But Iran has done nothing to earn it. If anything, they've done everything to be punished more. And, you know, the IEA said, well, Iran is complying um, more than before. Well, of course, it's more than before, because when you go from zero, anything you do. But the fact is that they haven't really enlisted in, in full the, what they were supposed to do. And, you know, the, the, they say that they're not going to dismantle anything again this week, and that even the Iraq nuclear reactor is going to remain, and they're not going to um, step down from any of the programs that they have, uh, have built. And, and you saw Rouhani then likened, um, he said that the Jews want to universalize the conflict. And the, the, uh, some of the inferences of his comments <coughs> about Israel and Jews is very disturbing. And we have to remember the true nature of what this Iranian regime is and that you know, with their allies, with others, when we see Syria, you know, the international community can hardly do anything about Syria. It's why Israel has to be strong, defend itself by itself, as every minister said this time. And they, they praised the U.S.-Israel security and defense cooperation. They, 
they said that it's uh, that uh, in so many areas there was remarkable co- cooperation going on. Uh, but the bottom line is that Israel has to defend itself. Let me circle back for a second because we we spoke about the positive and the way Israel is portrayed. Thank God, and uh, in terms of stability, um, I, I just I don't know if you have a good answer to this question. We know what the freedom of speech is all about, and it's something we value and treasure. So I, I don't even know if there is a good answer. I just feel like I have to pose it to you, maybe out of frustration. Uh, it's become a big issue recently. Um, leaders in the Jewish community who are who are out there criticizing Israel, and and I mean uh, criticizing Israel in general terms, and you know not just specific episodes or incidents. And I'm sure you've read about it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I also read yesterday of a report where a prominent Jewish institution in New York City is going to be having BDS speakers come and present at their location. Any reaction to all this? Well, I don't know if they're going to have more than one. I do know that they have one who has been associated with BDS, according to these reports. Uh, I do think that there is a matter of real concern. We've seen other Hillels now declaring themselves open Hillels, which means that they invite in people to be anti-Israel. I think that that this matter is of great concern. This is not a trivial matter about how we educate, what limits we place, how we give expression to our concerns. People do not feel any responsibility. They want to get a headline. They want to get some, you know, thrill by being able to say, you know, they knock Israel. They may have some perverse uh, reaction to Israel. Uh, I, I see it in some newspapers and editorials. I see it around the country. I see it in uh, some of the statements. I see it in some of the incredible references. And, and it can go on both sides. I mean, some of the attacks on Kerry or other people, you know, people have to think about what their words mean and what, what they're doing. And how this, what damage this does long term, and when the American people, who understand it, I just quoted you the poll. Right. But when they see Jews then coming and saying these things, they say, "Wait, maybe we're wrong." Yep. They're not. That's what that's what this leads to. And and you have to remember that this is a major underpinning of Israel's security. We have incredible allies on our side. Let's try to maintain them. You mentioned Kerry a moment ago, and I'm sure in terms of the briefings that you got this week, there are many listeners right now wondering uh, what was said to you regarding the peace process. Kerry did say now that he's disappointed in the Palestinians. Uh, maybe that's you know moving things to drop to the other side because we keep thinking that there's so much pressure being placed on Israel. Maybe it's good that there's uh, somewhat of a negative comment uh, being directed at the PA right now. What is the latest in terms of what Israeli officials tell you about the Kerry-led peace negotiations? Well, they are ongoing. There are talks happening. The prospects, I would not say, are extremely bright, but not certainly not zero. Um, you know, the secretary has been here umpteen times, and he has a team on the ground. He has people coming all the time. General Allen is there with a big uh, crew looking at the defense issues. But bottom line is it's got to be the parties that negotiate a deal. The United States can recommend. They can help work out the details. They can be a very positive player. But if the countries involved, the people involved, are not committed to the process and then just use the U.S. negotiators as cover, and then can say that we don't, well, it wasn't us who said it was them. That's what we've seen in the past. And we've got to learn the lessons from this stuff in the past. Look, if, if there could be peace, and what I saw in Rwanda yesterday of, of 100,000 Palestinians who were living in this modern state of the art right. city, have creative people building, 
I mean, that's what we'll kind them up once they have a big stake. You know, they're not going to want to see that place blown up. No question. And, mm-hmm. and we have to look at the, the qualified zones and other solutions that will help. And by the way, it applies to the Haredi community, it applies to the Arab sector in Israel, but there has to be more aggressive things to integrate them in the workforce to enable them to do it without violating their basic lifestyle and precepts. All right. Understood. Uh, by the way, the, the, you mentioned that there was a briefing with the president as well. Has the prime minister decided yet if he's reached a conclusion about when Shimon Peres should leave office? Now it seems Bibi wants him to stay on for a little longer as president. He did, but uh, Peres rejected it. And, uh, I mean, he's supposed to stay on for a year. I don't know what that does. Uh, so I think he's already reconciled to, to stepping down. And we'll move on. There are many candidates already for the job. Uh, I don't know if there is a single candidate. I don't think there's any favorite right now. But there are many candidates, and I have a feeling there will be more. They have to get 10 members of Knesset to endorse right. their candidacy. It can't be you know, repetitive. You can't have the same 10, right. as would be the case in Israel. That <laughs> each of them would endorse 10 different people. <laughs> Why would you suspect that? Come on. <laughs> uh, by the way, and, and this may be totally out of your area, so excuse me if it is, but do you hear anything in Israel about Hadassah Hospital? Are they going to survive all the economic yeah. problems that they have? They reach an agreement with the workers. It's certainly not over the problems, but they're working hard at it. The government is helping. I mean, it's too important an institution right. to fail. That's what I would think. Um, the Jewish Agency in Israel's Ministry of uh, Immigrant Absorption issued a revised figure for Aliyah from North America. According to a statement Wednesday, there was a discrepancy in the number of North American immigrants projected back in the end of 2013, which showed an 11% decline in Aliyah from North America, and the actual figure, which showed that Aliyah levels remained at basically the same level for both 2012 and 2013. So uh, for 2013, over 3,500 Olim uh, basically the same total, uh, essentially, as Olim from North America in 2012. So uh, anybody who was concerned when they saw those figures go down, thank God there was a correction issued, Malcolm. You know that Foreign Minister Lieberman, speaking to the conference, called for 350,000 Olim over the next 10 years, and which is much more than yeah. anything anybody said. But he also called for the government to give... $365 million a year uh, to Jewish education, a million dollars a day in the diaspora, saying that this is a responsibility Israel has as well with a $100 billion budget. They can afford it. They made a lot of headlines with it. A lot of people were very skeptical and said that these are irrational numbers, you know, the Aliyah. But when you look at the situation in Europe and you realize that this is the first time, probably in a long time, that uh, Jews are actually free to leave the countries where they live everywhere. So it's not impossible to think about it. When you realize how many jobs there are here, how booming the economy is, how exciting it is, uh, and you don't shovel snow, I think that uh, a lot of people should be rethinking it. Yeah, I can tell you from personal experience, it does snow. They just don't shovel it, as you said. <laughs> but it does snow. They look, at it and it, they look at it and it melts. <laughs> yeah. I wish a little faster. Uh, I better be careful because my snow season started really early, and I hope it's over by now. Um, no question what you're saying is unbelievable. In fact, this morning I saw there was a report 
that Israel expects, I, I think they said, yeah, here it is, traffic congestion in Israel will double in the next 20 years. And you, you know what it's like to get around to begin with in 2014. It's not that easy. But if you, if what you just said and what you just reiterated from Lieberman comes true, then the traffic congestion will get even worse. But I guess, what can we say? Historically, we would say this is a problem that uh, we're glad we have, right? And they'll build new roads, and they have the high-speed railroad, which is now becoming very effective and more accepted than people were skeptical. It's working. So there are a lot of solutions that, you know, people can commute from Yerushalayim to, to Tel Aviv or to, the, to Beersheba or to, to other areas to go to work. You know, in Beersheba, they're building new nanotechnology and other kind of centers for study and research, and uh, people will be able to live there or live elsewhere but have easy access to Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. I mean, there are a lot of things happening here that are, are, are building for the future, looking ahead for the future, that could be very exciting. Oh, no question about it. Um, all right. Um, finally, especially because we're not going to have really in-depth conversations over the next couple of weeks, um, we always we talk about Iran. I saw Khomeini this week said that negotiations will lead to nothing. So obviously, he's telling his people something a lot different than what he says than what he says to the rest of the world. The U.S. I'm sure you agree. Uh, you only wish would uh, uh, you know pay more attention to what he's saying to his own people. Uh, we've seen this many times before. Um, and then and we spoke about the Ukraine, and we spoke about Syria, and, we're spe- and you, you mentioned Russia's role in the comparison to superpower battle, etc. If, in fact, this road continues uh, to uh, nuclear capability uh, in Iran, uh, will we see countries like Russia start to, and Europe, and, and countries in Europe, start to behave a little bit more uh, with fear like the U.S. a little bit does, and Israel, of course. Will we see? Will this? Will 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 the progress that they make in Iran change the Russian and European attitude toward Iran? I don't think it's really going to be progress. But to, to answer your question, it is not in the nature of Putin to bully. He he gets what he wants in his way. He's not interested in compromising. He he puts forward his agenda, and so far he's been able to get it. So. It's only when they encounter real resistance. You remember Cuba, you remember other things when the United States put its ships around Syria, then all of a sudden uh, Russia joined in trying to negotiate the, 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 the uh, removal of all of the chemical weapons. So uh, uh, Russia is, is always uh, pursuing its own interests. <clears throat> he, he doesn't have the resources that some people think, but he, can, he has the resources to make a lot of trouble. And he's supplying weapons to, to a lot of the bad guys in the region and elsewhere. And that, that requires a strong America to counter. There's only two ways. There's only actually one way to, to create a balance, and that is the United States to be stronger and to be uh, in the front and get the Europeans uh, mobilized. We see how, how they're collapsing on the sanctions regime. Um, it's, it's still intact, but we see that uh, so many ways are being proposed to get around it. An oil for uh, uh, an oil for gold deal with uh, with uh, Russia, or other countries uh, that are, are talking about uh, um, establishing other ways to to get around it. Russia is talking about building another reactor in, in Iran, mm. and, uh, getting oil and other things that they can trade for it. So they get around the sanctions, they violate it. They, they get the benefit, and they're still causing trouble in the region. All we got to do is show some strength, and uh, we hesitate to do so at the moment. Well, I hope 
that that won't be necessary. Yeah. Strength is applies to diplomacy. It applies to how you conduct yourself. It doesn't just comply to apply to military action. Right, but it's uh, across the board. Uh, I hope you don't have to address the group tonight. I hope you'll have a chance to rest up, Malcolm, and enjoy the rest of your stay in the Holy Land. Well, I'm speaking tomorrow night at the Great Synagogue. Uh-oh. Somebody who's flying over, <laughs> uh, or is <just> over, <laughs> you can come tomorrow night at 8 o'clock to the Great Synagogue. And uh, I hope Monday night or so I'll come back. All right, a regimen of chicken soup between now and then, please. <laughs> and we hope to see you next week. Enjoy Shabbat in Yerushalayim. Malcolm Holdline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update is Fridays in our 7 o'clock hour. And uh, hopefully Malcolm will join us next week live in the studio. If not, then certainly he'll join us at some point during our fundraiser. JM in the AM with candlelighting time at 5.18 on this era of Shabbos. 5.18 Candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel. Don't forget, Fundraising Marathon 2014 begins on Monday. We'll be here. You are there at a computer. And if you're at a computer right now, you can go to jmnam.org, click on the uh, top news story regarding our fundraiser and get us off to an amazing start right now. You don't have to wait till Monday. You can actually pledge right now. Can you imagine that? You can pledge right now at uh, jmnam.org, and we wish you would. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, great, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayakel. Parshas Vayakel contains, according to the Chinuch, one Mitzvah, it happens to be a losase. He understands the verse, the third verse in the parsha. Losavaru eish, becholmosh vosechem biyom hashabbos, that you're not to kindle, to light a fire in your dwellings on the Shabbos day, to be not only part of the uh, 39 categories of prohibitions of work on Shabbos, but specifically that the court is not to administer capital punishment, and the Yushalmi extends from this, and this is the halacha, that the court, the based in, does not meet on Shabbos. I'd like to focus on a very interesting phenomena found at the very beginning of the parsha. The first three psukim of the parsha speak about the mitzvah of Shabbos. And in so doing, the Torah tells us, Sheshes Yomim, and then the next word, interestingly, which is written, Tuf Ayin, Sin Hei, the word could be pronounced one of two ways. It could be pronounced Ta'aseh Melacha, but if that is the way the Torah reader is going to read it, please God, tomorrow he will be corrected. Because Ansheik Knesset HaGadola, the men of the great assembly, and our holy Mesorah tradition tells us that the word is to be read, Sheshes Yomim Teyoseh Melacha. What is the difference between these two meanings, these two usages? 
The word ta'aseh lulacha means you are to do. You are the one who is charged to do and accomplish. The emphasis is on man who is producing. The word, as it says, sheishes yomim, for six days, work is to be done, means the following. Yes, you have to put in your effort. But this is not the active form. Teyoseh is the passive, reflexive form, with the emphasis being on the result that the work will be done. When the Torah says, Sheishas Yomim Teyosem six days work will be done, this reminds man that yes, he has to be involved. He has to make his hishtadlus. His involvement and energy is crucial. But ultimately, it is not he who is affecting and producing, but rather a higher source, namely Hashem. And if you have this understanding as to what's happening during the week, then it's much easier to accept and comply with the mitzvah of Shabbos. If man is ta'aseh, if he's the producer, then when Hashem says to stop on the Shabbos from your work, that's a major demand. That's a major imposition. It's asking much of man who is productive all week long to forego some of his productivity in emulation of and submission to Hashem. If, however, man recognizes that all his successes are due to the help and assistance of Hashem, and he is at best a teoseh, as indeed the Torah teaches us in the fifth book. In the fifth book, in chapter 8, verse 18, the Torah says, Don't you go there and think, when you are successful, that my strength and my might and my initiative have made me all this wealth, but rather, says the Torah, Zoharta, you shall remember, Kihu, It is He, Hashem, who gives you the strength to make the wealth. And Unkelis, the Aramaic translation, says very sharply that, listen carefully, what are you to remember? That who Yohavlach, He gives you Eitzah. He gives you the advice. He gives you the insight. He gives you the tip. To invest in a particular stock. To buy a particular parcel of land. To go into a particular business. Who put the idea in your mind? Understand that it comes from Him. If man realizes that he is teoseh, the work is being done, through a higher force, then it is much easier for man to accept the law of Shabbos, because after all, all week long, it's coming from him, and therefore Hashem, who is 
giving us the bracha all week long, he is the producer. It is much easier to follow his edict of not producing on Shabbos. Now, what emerges from the above is an incredible display of sensitivity that Hashem affords man. There is a basic human condition which is called by the Ramchal in his Das Tevunos. He calls it Nama de Kisufa. Nama de Kisufa means literally bread of embarrassment. He goes back and he says, God created a world because Teva Hatov Lehetiv. The nature of the good one is to extend good. But if man would be the recipient of good without working or earning his keep, in a short time, most individuals will experience a sense of shame, worthlessness, and depression. Thus, it is a kindness of Hashem that He allows us to participate in our learning, earning a living, letting us believe and feel that we are major players in earning our keep in this world. And I really believe that if we understand this lesson, that it's not ta'aseh, it's te'yoseh, I believe this will help us understand the first bracha that we recite in every Shmona Esrei, whereby we say, Gomel chasodim tovim, in praise of God, that literally He performs and bestows chasodim, kindnesses, tovim, good. Let me ask you, are there kindnesses that are not good? Why include the word tovim? Is not by nature kindness good? And based upon what we've been saying until now, I really believe that Hashem sustains us, that is a chesed, that He allows us and gives us dignity at the same time, that is chasadim tovim. Now the 611th mitzvah of the Torah is that of the halachto midrachav, namely that we are to emulate Hashem. Now, interestingly, the Talmud in the Mishnah Demai, in chapter 4, Mishnah 7, uses the term gomlin to mean a situation whereby one person will be doing something for somebody else. Basically, I help you, you help me, or reciprocity. This is what the term gomlin means. I'd like to borrow that definition and say that as God is gomel, chasodim tovim, as He extends kindnesses to us in a way that gives us our dignity, we are to extend kindness to the next one in the same way. In other words, we are to perform our acts of kindness, our chasodim, in a way that the recipient 
does not feel put upon, that the recipient does not feel indebted for the service that now they owe us one, but rather ideally one is to perform kindness in a way that the one performing communicates that he's actually receiving by giving. And he thanks the recipient for the opportunity to give. Case in point. Sometimes you just have to be quick on your toes. There you are. You're passing a bus stop. And you see somebody at the stop. And you know where he's going. He's going into the city. And you're going into the city. And you're going to stop and pick him up. And they're going to thank you at least once or twice for the chesed and kindness that you've done. And aside from saying you're welcome, you're going to say, look, you don't realize the favor you're doing to me. I happen to be somewhat tired, and your company is going to help me stay awake as I drive. You're going to visit a shut-in, and rather than allow them to only thank you, you're going to thank them for sharing with you stories of their youth, giving you history of the past. You're going to say, wow, how much you enjoy coming to be by them. Thank you so much. I can tell you of the following true story. There was a Rebbe, a teacher in one of the yeshivos, who needed to borrow money. And he went to an individual and he asked him, could he please lend him money? And the person took out his checkbook and wrote a handsome check. When the Rebbe saw the amount of money, he started to thank him profusely for the interest-free loan trying to assure him, don't worry, I'll try to pay this back as quickly as possible. And the one who wrote the check stopped him and said, don't thank me, I have to thank you for the opportunity, for the privilege that you are giving me to do this mitzvah, to help someone who teaches Torah. It's not simply how, or the act that you do, but it's the how which is so important that goes along with it. This is Gomel Chasodim Tovim. If we can at least show the recipient how happy we are to do it. In other words, they're going to say thank you for what you're doing. And you're going to say, all right, don't bother, it's okay. No problem, my pleasure. You can say it, or you can say it. If you say it in a manner that you really mean it, that makes them feel so much better. We have to train ourselves that when you are, please God, cooking for yourself, that's one thing. Now that I'm also cooking to do a mitzvah, I feel good that I have the opportunity to do something for somebody else. So the act of giving for somebody else gives me a genuine feeling of goodness. And it's this genuine feeling that I have to try to communicate. 
to the next one. A tall order is contained in the pronunciation of the word in the second pasuk of this week's parsha. The Torah does not say sheishes yomim taase molacha. The Torah says sheishes yomim teyose, with the emphasis being that it shall be done. Hashem gives us our dignity by participating in the process while He does the bulk of the work. And so too, we must strive in our personal and communal chasadim to not only do good, but to make the recipients feel good as well. Shabbat Shalom to all. Good Shabbos, 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 good
JM in the AM, Bowie Vishalom, Eitan Katz. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Don't forget, Monday starts our big fundraising marathon. It's always the event of the year when it comes to great Jewish radio. Fundraising marathon 2014 happens this coming Monday. Uh, you can get us off to an amazing start, by the way. No joke. You can get us off to a great start by going right now to jmtheam.org, clicking on the top news item and supporting us right now at the JM and the AM. And who wouldn't want to do that? Uh, so please go there now and uh, support us and get us started uh, on our fundraising effort. And Monday we'll speak much more about this incredible radio program and radio station, plus the state of the station address will be coming up <coughs> Excuse me, with um, Ken Friedman, our general manager, this coming Monday morning. Morashad 50 concert, as we look at our concert calendar, is um, an amazing journey through song with A.B. Rottenberg, Baruch Levine, Eitan Katz, who you just heard, Benny Friedman, Edan, all happening with surprise. Morashad alumni guest stars tomorrow night up at the Purchase College Theater, in Westchester, the show starts at 8.15. There will be a gala dessert reception afterwards. Information, uh, morishaconcert.com. Morishaconcert.com. The Yeshiva Katana of Manhattan has their 10th annual concert with the Yeshiva Boys and A.B. Rottenberg Sunday night at Merkin Concert Hall at West 76th Street in Manhattan. Phone number 212-769-1790. 212-769-1790. Seventeen ninety. Oneg Shemesh in the Kulano event this coming Sunday night on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Uh, go to onegshemesh.com, onegshemesh.com. He'll be performing again uh, Saturday night in Cedarhurst. Camp Masora reunion happens at the Connecticut Sports Center uh, this coming Sunday. Information, you can go to the Camp Masora website. They'll have buses leaving from both Paramus and Lawrence, go to campmasora.com for information. The pre-Purim celebration, Sunday. Excuse me, the pre-Purim celebration, Sunday night, uh, brought to you by the National Council of Young Israel and the Queens Jewish Community Council, will star Avramo, Avram Fried, Michal Przansky, Lipa, the New York Boys Choir, Sunday night, February the 23rd, beginning at 7.30 p.m. at the Colden Center at Queens College. You can go to jewishtickets.com or dial area code 718-544-9033, 718-544-9033. Well, there you go. JM in the AM with uh, a Friday morning broadcast and 37 degrees, afternoon thunderstorms, a high of 52. The, the good news is tomorrow, mostly sunny, high of 53. Yes, 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 we will take that, that's for sure. 79 in Yerushalayim, 37 here. Candlelighting officially on this Erev Shabbos Parsha is Vayakel, 518. 518 official candlelighting time on this uh, Erev Shabbos. This comes from Mendy Werdiger.
Off the CD Tamid B'choyom 
Just in case I uh, I misread or misannounced uh, the Oneg Shemesh concert, the Kulanu Oneg Shemesh concert is Sunday night, February 23rd, at Kulanu on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Go to onegshemesh.com for information on that. It's Erev Shabbos here at JM. The AM Fundraising Marathon 2014 begins Monday. Support us now by going to this, by going to our website, jmtheam.org, click on, clicking on the top link. Uh, don't forget that Naomi Nachman has a great edition of Table for Two coming up. And Naomi Nachman has both J-Books. This is like the ultimate uh, wine pairing. When you, <laughs> This is the ultimate wine pairing. When you have Jay Booksbaum from Kedem on one side and Seth Levitt from Abels and Hyman on the other side. Now you're talking about the most amazing wine pairing ever. So Jay and Seth are going to be in the studio. Uh, the entire thing can be seen if you go to the homepage, NachumSiegel.com, and obviously the whole thing can be heard on any of our outlets, including jmnam.org. You can actually see the proceedings on uh, on com, And Jay will also have a rundown on KFWE, the kosher food and wine experience is happening this Monday night. He'll update everybody about that during the hour as well. And I heard that Brenda and Jay became uh, grandparents uh, yesterday. That was the news I got. So Mazal tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Yeah. Filled with great news, thank God. Nine minutes before nine o'clock on this JM and the AM Friday, a reminder that our incredible Erev Shabbos music stream will go from 10 a.m. all the way until candle lighting time. A big thank you to our friends at Kedem. And uh, we present the uh, Erev Shabbos music stream. It is an amazing Erev Shabbos music stream. Hope everybody out there has a choice, chance to enjoy it at some point during the day. Um, and uh, that'll go all the way until candlelighting time. Don't forget, Avrami is hosting Saturday Night Seagull. That is happening tomorrow night, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the stream. And then Matis on Sunday will host JM Sunday. We mentioned this with Matis on the air earlier. He'll have JM Sunday starting at 7 o'clock. And the rabbi from Sochi, Russia, who's a JM and the AM fan, will join Matis on the air uh, Sunday during JM Sunday. So be, be tuned in Sunday morning between 7 and 9 on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Here's Ari Goldwag.
Jam the AM with Ari Goldwagon, Curry Bone. Erev Shabbos candle lighting at 518. Monday, our big day one of Fundraising Marathon 2014. Make sure to join us, everybody. It should be an incredible, amazing, and wonderful experience over the next two weeks as we get set to support JM and the AM for yet another year. And uh, those of you who want to get us off to a great start, as we've been saying all week, you can do so right now by going to jmtheam.org and clicking on the top link in the news section and supporting JM and the AM. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM. Special bless. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmdam.org. And that wraps up another great week for us here at JM and the AM. Uh, next time I speak with you, it'll be during Fundraising Marathon 2014 on Monday. Don't forget you can pledge right now and get us off to a great start by going to the top of the news section at jmtheam.org. Avrami has Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Matis with the rabbi from Sochi, Russia. Uh, that'll be happening uh, during JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday on our stream at jmtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Naomi Nachman is coming up next on our stream with Table for Two. You can watch it if you go to NachumSiegel.com. You can actually watch the entire show. Have a fabulous Shabbos, a wonderful weekend. Until next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.